If you have the word of the Lord with you today, if you turn to <coughs> Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to go over a little bit. I didn't finish chapter or verse 12. We're going to go over that. But I'd, I'd like to read verses 11, 12, and 13. Because uh, we look at the, the punctuation marks, we realize this is, this is all one sentence. And I believe that sentence includes a thought that, that he is, is using here. And the Apostle Paul in writing says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And we're so thankful for the, for the words of um, the Apostle Paul that he writes here. Because we can see, you know, if we look at it, we look at verses 8 and 9, you know, and for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We can see one thought that he's going on in there. And in verse 10 he says, for we, and I, you know, you know how I like the way the Apostle Paul writes, and for we are his workmanship. So Paul says not only us, and we're talking about, when he's talking about we, if we go to verse 1, we say to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's talking about that group of people. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So then Paul, in 11, 12, and 13, he wants us to remember. He wants us to remember the former state that we were in. And in verse 12, we can see he brings out that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And remember we brought out that in verse 12, there's, there's what? There are five points. Five points that the Apostle Paul is bringing out here in verse 12. One, we're without Christ. Two, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Three, strangers from the covenants of promise. Four, having no hope. And five, without God in the world. So he's bringing out the former state. We gotta, re we gotta remember this. He's, the condition that we were in at that time that we were Gentiles in time past. And all these things, that at that time, I like to, see, we, we need to read. Remember I told you about this, this year, I wanted everybody to slow down as you read the Bible. We need to slow down. Because if we look in verse 11, he says, Wherefore remember that ye being in, what, what does it say there, Brother Lee? Time past. In time past. And in verse 12, he starts out, the apostle Paul said, that at that time, that at that time. So we're looking at that, you know, within Christ, without Christ. You know, do we realize what a, what a spiritual misery is this to be without Christ? You know, we look at us and in our lives before 
they entered, he entered into our heart. Jesus entered our heart in the regeneration. When we looked at, you know, even though our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life, we knew that, well, he knew, God knew, Jesus knew that we were going to be a child of God sooner or later. We didn't know that. We go to chapter verse one and you had the quickened who were dead in trespass and sins, wherein in time past. See, these things are so descriptive when it tells us you walked according to the course of this world before God entered into our hearts, before Jesus entered into our hearts. He took away that old heart, gave us a new heart that we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We're walking according to Satan. That's not that, that's a bitter pill to swallow, isn't it, Gary, to realize what we were doing, how we were walking in this world. And I look back on my life and I see some of the things I was doing. I was a miserable little kid. I was miserable as I was growing up. You know, and we, we start realizing it, you know, and when we look at it, we see we didn't know we were a child of God. God did. You know, and I look at it and the wheels were moving shall we say. And I was able to, I seen Mabel, that one day, I believe that was predestinated that I was going to see her that day, Brother Leroy. And from that I said, I asked my friend, who we were just up visiting, her best friend, my best friend, hey, who's that pretty little girl you had up over there, that pretty girl? And she says, why? You want to go out with her? I says, yeah, I'd like to. And one thing led to another. So we can see that, that God is in control. Remember what we're saying? God was in control back in there. I met her dad. Dad didn't like me. Of course, what, what, let's look at it. What father really loves the guy that's going to take his, is his firstborn daughter away from him and whatever. You know what I mean? So I met met him, met Brother Al, my father-in-law, and through that and different things, went up to Major Avenue Baptist Church, went up to that true Dutch Reformed Church, met Lemaine, who was eventually became the, the, the preacher that, that married us and everything, went all these things, went up to the Chicago church, Got to know Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, and all these people, Brother Zach, Brother Jimmy, all these people. God's in control. And it leads us to where, Gary? Here today. We're all here. There's a reason we're here together. It just isn't by chance we got up this morning and just decided we were going to come. We're here. So what was this, what a spiritual misery it is. When I look back at my life and saw the time that I wasted not being in sweet communion with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how precious He is to each and every one of us today. It's just so awesome. You know, when we look at that, you know, not being able to communicate with Jesus. You know, when we look at these things and we see these things. Not being able to walk with Him or talk with Him. Remember in Hebrews chapter 11, faith verse, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently, diligently seek him. That means we're walking with him. We're talking with him. The one sign, and he walks with me and he talks with me. 
We sing that song in that chorus. You know, can we remember, I can remember times when it didn't bother me that I didn't talk with Jesus. It didn't bother me that I didn't walk with Jesus. It, it never bothered me at all. Now it does. Because he's made you, you're a new creature, you're a new man. You know, we talk about, I don't care if you want to go from Genesis to Revelation, what is it all about? It's all about the heart. It's the heart. He takes away that old heart. And he gives you a new heart. So you can understand the things that are contained in here. It's amazing when I look at this and see the things that are contained inside here. It's amazing when I look at our Brother Leroy and I, I got that computer and I'm, I'm so thankful. And he came and installed that sword searcher. And just being in there and be able to click on those different things and it just instantaneously be able to see what somebody else said about things that are contained in the Scriptures. The insight you, you get from great men of God that have been given such a gift as the Apostle Paul was given to be able to bring out these things. Look at even, even, even Peter sat there and said, ah, there's some things that, that, that Paul writes that, that are, are hard even for me to understand what, he, what, what he's trying to bring out here and everything. Paul had a gift of God that, that I, don't, I don't know if he's ever going to give that gift to another person to bring these things out into the world. Not having any knowledge of him, faith in him, or love to him. Because you didn't know him. You didn't have Christ. You were without him. He's the guy. He's the guy that what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He's the one that did that. He did that. Brother Roger talked about grace. No grace. We have no grace because we didn't have Christ. How can we have grace if we don't have Christ? That's what I'm saying. When you read these and you look at these things that are in here and read verse 12, you know, I, I know each and every verse in here is, is, is precious and it's important or it wouldn't be in the scriptures. Understand. But there are certain things that are just near and dear to our heart. I know Brother Leroy's got scripture near and dear to his heart. You know, and, but this is one of it. When we look at these things and he says, you know, you know, in verse, I want to bring out verse 11. Wherefore remember without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You know, we had no communion with the church. We enjoy having communion with each other, don't we here? Getting together, you know, talking about the Lord. You know, talking, Brother Leroy says, conveying to me how all the people he talked to this week. Brother Roger, he talks to people. You know, it's that communion with the church. And I know it's, it's, it's not so much the church, it's with the congregation. But I'm saying the word church because whether or not we're, we're up here or down with Ray Hogger or where Brother Zach is at over in West Virginia over there or down at Brother Jimmy's church at Covenant, we're a church. The church of the living God. We're the church of Jesus Christ. You know, we, Sometimes we get, do get 
too caught up with denominations and denominational things. You know, there's a child of God all around the world. You know, there's there's a lot of different congregations here. In here, just in, in Crown Point and everything. There's children of God in each and every one of those. You know, there's some people like to say, well, it's just us. We're the ones. You know, some people think it's just nothing but primitive Baptists. It's not just primitive Baptists. One thing I want to say, and I think I've said it before, when we get to heaven, you're going to be surprised, first thing, at the people that are there. We're going to be surprised at some of the people that are there. And you know what's going to surprise us, even the same way, Brother Leroy, is the people that aren't there. Some of the people that we thought, that we would think in our minds, wow, you know, they got that golden ticket to get up there, but they didn't. What does Jesus say? Many come to me in that name. Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we done this in thy name, done that in thy name? And what does Jesus say? Then I will profess unto you, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I never knew you. Isn't it something to have no fellowship with with the, with the church of God? What what a privilege it is to have fellowship with the saints. You know, we can go to a lot of different places. You know, Brother Rogers traveled around. I've traveled a little bit, not as much as Brother Roger, maybe not as Brother Leroy. But, you know, when you go down to uh, Ray Hoggard's church, you know what fellowship you have with the saints. You know, when we went to Brother Hale's church in uh, Huntsville, right? Huntsville, Alabama. You know, we had fellowship with the saints there. You know, one of the things I... I can't remember where I read it. It's, it's like heaven on earth, isn't it? To have fellowship with the saints. Because that's what we're going to have up in heaven. We're going to have fellowship with the saints of God. The saints that we, we have, we were with on this earth. You know, Sister Barbara, Sister Marge, Brother Al, Sister May. All of these, we're going to have fellowship with these. Isn't it awesome? We're going to get up there and we're going to know them. I think we're going to know them. I don't know how we're going to know them, but I know we will know them. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Isn't it? Strangers from the covenants of promise. When I look at that and think, you know, the promise is given to Israel in the Old Testament. You know, the Lord God freely chose Israel. And the covenants of promise. What did he say to them? He said, I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. That's the same with us, brother Leroy. Even though we're considered Gentiles, remember we read the one thing where, where Jesus called it, it's, it's not, it's not fit to give the dogs the meat from the children's table. He said, yeah, but the dogs eat from the crumbs would fall from the master's table. God is to us, we are, we are, He's a God to us and we are to Him a people. It's amazing. Remember we talked about without hope. Can you imagine what it's like to not have hope? Not have hope that we had a, a home in heaven for us. 
not the hope of a, of a Savior and a Lord over our lives. When we look at this and we see these things, I mean, there's some scriptures I could go to, but we were without the things hoped for. You know, I, I, I am going to read one. Go to, go to Romans chapter eight. Maybe I will read some of these. If I do that, I don't know if I'm going to get through. Verses 24 and 25, and it says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope that we see, for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. See, it says, If we hope for that we see not. So we have a hope. We do have a hope that we're going to be reside in immortal glory, aren't we? Then do we with patience wait for it. We're not worried, Brother Roger, about when Jesus is going to come again. We're waiting patiently. It's been over 2,000 years since he died. People have been waiting patiently for over 2,000 years now for that second coming. I don't know how much longer we're going to have to wait for that. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. But, you know, I, we, this is something we need to impart unto our children again as, as we go on, as we go along with this. You know, some of us, for such we must be, remember, we must remember these things. The one I didn't get to is the fifth one. Without God in the world. When we look at that, we thought it was a, such a misery to be without Christ. To be without God, the creator of the universe. I guess we could look back at that and we see we didn't have God. We didn't have God in our lives. You know, there was times when we probably didn't see a need for God in our lives. I'm not saying we didn't think that there was a God, but we didn't have anything. He is, God is the fountain of light in each and every one of us. In each and every one of us. We cannot have Understand what I'm going to say. We cannot have God. We cannot have our God till we come to know Him in Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a profound statement that is there. You know, when we make Him our trust, when we make God our trust, when we cast all our care upon Him, having no confidence in our flesh, that's when we get to know God and who He really is. Do we really know God? You ever remember quite a while ago, probably 15, 16, 20 years ago maybe, Brother Leroy went out and he bought all of us a book, J.I. Packer, Knowing God. How well do we know God? How well do we want to know God? 
Do we want to have an intimate relationship, not only with Jesus Christ? That's awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. But we need to have an intimate relationship with God also. You can't separate them. It's God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can't separate the three. It's like we talk, we talk about a puzzle or an equation. You know, if you take a, a, the center part of that equation out, you can't get the answer, can you? If you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, it's not complete, is it? If you take God out of it, you can't be complete. We can't be complete in Jesus Christ. We can't complete in, be complete in our own bodies. When we love Him above all else. Nothing else matters. We love Him above all else. Uh, Susie and Bill gave us a sign. We were out in Napanee and whatever, and I saw this sign, and they got it for us for our anniversary. How sweet it is to be loved by you. You know, when we look at that, how sweet it is to be loved by God. How sweet it is to be loved by Jesus Christ. How sweet it is to be loved by the Holy Spirit, that He's in the world. He's our comforter. He's our guide in this world in which we live today. We need to love these things above all else. My wife understands. I need to love God above her. Jesus Christ above her. The Holy Spirit above her. She understands that. I know that that's the way her love should be towards me. That she loves all of this before she loves me. It's a hard thing to do. The Bible says forsaking all others. We need to forsake all others. It's hard sometimes. You know, there's people that have left fathers and mothers for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. When we fear Him, we fear Him, a reverential fear for God, and do not want to offend Him. When we make Him our chief and only joy. Joy. Jesus first, others second, yourselves last. That's how we have to do it. Brother Leroy has taught us. I'll never forget when he brought that out to us. That's joy, isn't it? When we do these things. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Ah, my pages aren't wanting to do what I wanted to do. Philippians chapter 4. In verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in God. These, these are things we need to rejoice in all the time. All the time. And it's, this is going to help us as we, as we do these things. Verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 2. But 
but now in Christ Jesus. So we look at this, and in this verse, we see the happy change that is made in their state. We can see in verse 11 and 12 the state that we were in. It was miserable, wasn't it? But verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by what? The blood of Christ. Isn't that amazing when we see this? This is now, in this verse we see, the happy change that is made in us. It's awesome when we look at this. But now in Christ Jesus. This completely review, reverses, this completely reverses the picture that was before in verse 11 and 12. Completely reverses everything. But we gotta understand it says, but now, I think the key word here is in. In Christ Jesus. Are you in? As we're talking about the love. The love. Do we love Him more than anything else? Are we willing to do anything for Him? Are we like Abraham when Jesus said, or when God said, I'm getting things, when, when God sat there and said, I want you to leave where you're at. What would, what would you do if, if God impressed on your mind? I, I guess He did that to me, but not in the right way. You know, I want you to leave where you're at and go to here. What would you say? Would you say, well, wait a minute, God. I mean, I've got my family. I've got this. I've got that there. Now you're wanting me to just pick up and go over here? Sometimes we need to look at it. The without Christ, understand me now, the without Christ of verse 12 contrasts powerfully with the in Christ Jesus in verse 13. Some of the things I was reading, some of the things it said, we need to take note that it said Christ in verse 12, right? Without Christ. But in here, it says now, but now in what? Not just Christ, but in Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing when we see these things? When we look at it, at the very beginning, it says, we look at that, but now. This is another of the very powerful buts of this epistle. The word but is used 25 times in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. And if we look at it, the one I really like, there's two of them right in here, which is really good. In verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, But God, remember it says we had our conversation in times past. If we look at this, the times past, it's used in here so many times too. Fulfilling the desire of the flesh and I, more by nature of the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Even when we were dead in sins. 
So we can see in verses 1, 2, and 3, it talks about how we were before. And in verse 5, it says it's all changed. It's all changed. We were dead in sins, hath quickened us together, given us spiritual life. Spiritual life with Christ. It's, it's, it's all in here. It's, it's amazing when we look at these things and we can see how in Christ Jesus, you know, we, we can go, uh, let, 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 let's look a little bit at uh, Acts chapter 10. Now, we've got to fully understand what's going on in Acts chapter 10. Up until this time, you know, the Jews didn't have nothing to do with Gentiles. Remember when, remember when Jesus went to the well and the Samaritan woman and he started talking with her? He says, why are you a Jew talking to me, ma'am, and a Samaritan woman? That was incomprehensible. Even his apostles came up and was like, wow, he's talking with this woman? So when we look here, and, and if we're 1 through 16, uh, we, I, we're not going to read all of it, but you know, it's in verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the devout, uh, the, uh, called the Italian band. He was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And in verse 3, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, uh, my, my Bible says right around 3 p.m., an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, I guess I'm reading more than what I said I was. He was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up from a memorial before God. Now send men to Jop and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. So he sent his men. They went over there. And Peter was over there. And dropped on to verse 9. On the morrow as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance or, or had a vision and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him. It has been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Listen to verse 15. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel received up again into heaven. So we can see Peter seen a vision. And he was kind of like, okay, but God said what? That what I have cleansed, don't call common or unclean. So if we drop down to verse 38, and Peter's speaking, and he said, in verse 38, he's how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and went about doing good and healing all that were opposed of the devil, for God was with him. 
And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but only unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While yet, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to carry certain days. So we can see it was okay. Now all of a sudden, through Jesus Christ, that middle wall of partition is broken down. That's what we'll get into in a little bit. So we can look at these things. You know, they were what? Cornelius and his people, and then part on, they were made nigh by the blood of Christ. You that once were, were far off, are become near. We're close. We are close. The blood of Christ is the instrument of change. You got to understand that. That's the instrument of change, setting his blood to make atonement for you. That's what he did. That's he did, because we look at them, we're made nigh by the blood of Christ. Upon your conversion, union with Christ and by faith are made nigh or near by his blood. It's amazing we can see that. We look at these things. I wrote down something from, from John Kill, John Gill, what he wrote. Communion with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and us by virtue of the blood of Christ, which gives boldness and seeks peace, by which we are justified. You gotta understand it. We are justified. The pardon of their sins is procured. Reconciliation is made. And their garments are washed and made white. And so they draw nigh or near with confidence by the faith of him. Wow, I think John Gill had a, had a pretty good gift himself there of speaking about these things. You know, that we are now justified. The pardon our sins is procured. I realize these things. The pardon of our sins. Reconciliation is made. That's amazing we look at that. And not, I'm not talking about there. And our garments are washed white 
or are washed and made white. And so we can now draw nigh, near to God, with confidence. Remember, we can go boldly unto that. We can go confidently under that throne. Confidence by the faith of Him. It's amazing when we look at these things and we see these. And God opens our hearts and our minds to understand the things that are contained in the Scriptures. You know, it's so good to read some of these other things from, from John Gill and I told Lyra with the, the pulpit commentary and some of the others that are, that are in there. I, Leroy's taught me so many things, you know, and when I'm looking in there and when I'm in a certain verse like I was in there, it highlights all these different commentaries and says, these are the ones that you can go into that are going to deal with this Ephesians chapter two, verse 13. And I can go in there and I can look at these things. It's amazing. A computer can be such an awesome thing to use in whatever. We see how the Lord does bring such as are farthest away. I thought I was so far away that I, I could never be a child of God. Never. Does bring such are farthest estranged from Him to be near to be near unto Him, nigh unto Him, or nigh unto Him. You know, when we look at things, and in chapter 2, we can see Paul is really bringing out how we were. But in Christ Jesus, we have so much more. That's what we got to understand. It's all in Christ Jesus. And it's because he took away that old heart and gave us a new heart. It's all because before the foundation of the world, God wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. It's all because of all these things. That's what we got to understand. As we look and we see these things, I'm going to go to uh, just a couple verses in closing. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 9 through 11. Again, it's Paul writing, Know ye not. We, we, need, we need to understand this and know this and put it into our hearts. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let's not be deceived. We can see this. He's saying that if you're in this category, none of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. But look at it in verse 11. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. But ye are washed. Remember, we talked about that. Gil brought that out. You're washed. Garments are washed, were made white. But ye are washed. 
but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified. We talk about it, justified, sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And such were some of you. I'm hoping that we're counting ourselves that we're some of those. But we're made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Turn to Titus. Turn to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, Jesus Christ not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Let's, let's go on. Which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Wow. That's what I'm saying. We take the time to read the scriptures. You know, and, and, and when we, we can't just take verses, we have to take sentences. And, you know, there's some people that want to, um, bend the scriptures to conform to the, what they want to bring out. But, I like it when they bring these things out. When he's talking to Titus. Titus. Look in verse 4, chapter 1. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's not, not about us. It's not our righteousness. It's His righteousness. It's His blood. These are the things. You know, continue to, not, not just this year, but, but from now on, just take your time as you read the scriptures, study them out and look at them and see. I'm thankful for the, for the books that I've been given, uh, the different things that I can sit there and read. And sometimes these things are deep. They're deep. Like I read Bain on Ephesians and when you get a man that can take one verse and go for four or five pages on just one little verse in, in the scriptures and whatever. So it's amazing. But we need to, we don't understand it. What does the Bible say? Ask of God. He'll help you understand it. That's why, that's, what I, I think sometimes and I'm reminded of this sometimes, we let our own pride get in the way, don't we? We can't do that. Don't let our pride get in the way. 
Ask God. He's just waiting there for you to, to come to Him. I thank you for your kind attention today. Does anybody have a song in closing? Nobody's got a song? Which one? 370?